Hello, friends, friendettes, frienders, and for everyone in between, I am Fressy Frester, and you're listening to the Frollywood Frishball. That's what we're doing this week. Let's move past that. Welcome to to a new episode. This is a potpourri, so it's going to be a little bit off the map. No, this is a potpourri, and this is the one where the wheels finally come off of the show. We've got uh, we've got a, a, a menagerie of guests, if you will. I don't think it's polite to call a group of people a menagerie, but we're going with it today. First up, we have returning champion Hilliard Guess. Since the last time we talked to him, he's become a writer on the show Deadly Class, the sci-fi hit show, and it's a good show. And it's even better if you know Hilliard Guest. So I would suggest that you go back and listen to his full episode, then you watch the show, and then you realize how beautifully hired he was, how perfectly hired he was for that job. It's really a nice fit. If you know him as a person, and then you see the work he's doing now, it, it'll probably bring a smile to your face. We talk about that in this episode. We talk about how he got plugged into such an appropriate job. And because it's Hilliard, we talk about everything else. He, he, uh, he loves to chop it up, and he can't not chop it up. From there, we get into something we've never done before, and I hope we will do it again. I just don't know when we'll have the chance to do it again. We do speed rounds. So I was doing um, a day of headshots where I just would have people over for about an hour, an hour and a half, and do some photos of them to kind of brush up to stay frosty on my headshot A game. And I figured, hey, if they're here, why don't we sit down for a cup of tea and a quick chat on the fishbowl? We do five in five for each one, and we pull questions from the bowl. Instead of the standard issue five in five that we do, it's it's uh, bowl questions. So we will talk to so many people, each of them. Not more delightful, because they're all delightful, but each of them equally delightful as the last as you go through it. And we culminate with another returning champion. Yes, that's right. Vixen DeVille is back. Now, there's very little ado left to uh, do. iTunes, five-star rate, comment, subscribe, like, follow. You know the drill. It is all based on metrics. I do this out of the passion of my heart, and I will do this as long as I can out of the passion of my heart. But your metrics are what really help the show to grow, to glow, so that people can know the things they do not That's it. I'm out of a do. I give to you. Oh boy, can I do this all from memory? I give to you Hilliard Guess. I give to you Darling Alley Cat. I give to you Fatal Curves. I give to you Genevieve. And I give to you Vixen DeVille. If I missed anyone, I apologize, but I don't think I did. So, Morgan, if you would, give us that three, two, one. Drops. We're back. Indeed we are. We're back with Hill Dog. <laughs> How have you been? I'm doing great. Things are really, really... On the ups right now. No doubt. That's, yeah. Here's the thing is that smile was on your face last time I was here. And we, still, we talked about that, didn't we? It's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just even bigger now. I told so. you, I'm very consistent. I try to always be the same person all the time, you know, and, um, you know, things happen in your life that make you happy or sad. <clears throat> and there are certainly things that make me sad, but, you know, for the most part, I'm a pretty happy person. I'm getting know? that. My favorite two words are happy tears. 
wait a minute, wait a minute. I was listening to, mm-hmm. I thought your favorite two words were breaking story. Well, 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 they are when it comes to writing, but when it comes to life. <laughs> I'm not trying. No, it's fine. <laughs> life to... is happy tears. I love to, <clears throat> like when I'm here writing every day, like mm-hmm. by the time I get home, I'm, I'm exhausted. So all I want to do is watch freaking, you know, The Voice in American Idol yep. and all that shit. And for me, it's all about seeing somebody have their moment. Mm-hmm. You know, whether they win something, whether they finally got the judges to all stand, you know, whatever it is, somebody to had to somebody to cry. And when they cry is mm-hmm. when I cry. I love that moment of succeeding and it makes you cry. You know how vital those people are that you know they're actually happy for your success, mm-hmm. that there's no there's no second guessing what their what their intent is right. when they congratulate you. Right. That's, that's such an essential trait. Look, can we can we can jump we in, get into it? In. Um I want to talk to you about uh, Deadly Class. Okay. I want to I want to talk to you about how you locked into that, um, and I want to talk to you about what's this about Arizona? What about Arizona? Oh, that I was going to move you. Yeah. Move? What, oh, is, yeah, what yeah. is that? What is that? Okay, you're, I'll tell, I'll you're tell you swimming that in the best of it right now, and I'm I'm hearing words of Arizona on no, your podcast. Well, here's what happened. So a few months before Arizona, <clears throat> I had all these projects that were supposed to go and they yeah. kept getting close to a green light and then they would fall or they would be, you know, it, something would go wrong. And it's like, I just couldn't get the breaks I was trying to get, no matter how great they were, no matter how well they were perceived with certain producers or production companies. And, and I was, sometimes you put out, you put everything in it. Then you think, oh, well, this is definitely looking like it's going to go. Because a lot of producers and production companies encourage you in a way to make you think. Yeah. Oh, no, dude, we're doing this thing. Well, it doesn't you know cost I mean? anything to say, yeah, like, let's keep this going. This is Correct. exciting. We love it. Correct. Just keep going at it. And I had like three things in a row happen like that. Okay. That could have completely changed my life. You know, TV and film projects. And um, so my husband, you know, who's a realtor, we'd sold our house a few years ago. And the whole point was so that he could buy this, our dream house in Scottsdale somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, in paradise Valley. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was like, give me a few more years. I'm too close. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't give up yet. Now, mind you, I'm 10 years younger than him, you know? So he was like, okay, I'll give you a couple of years. So literally within about eight months or whatever, the, all these different, you know, jobs didn't come through. And so I literally was at a moment uh, for myself where I was like, well, shit, maybe, all right, maybe we should just go. I literally yeah. was there. But being the hill dog that I am. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I was like, well, give me like two or three months. It was like, I kept pushing it. I kept yeah. pushing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And then literally, I had Miles on my show. Miles, or Orion Feltzot, one of the creators of the show of Deadly Class. And after it was over, you know, we just started talking and I said, by the way, you should put me on the show. And I pitched to him why, Yeah, you know, about me growing up in San Francisco and the punk rock scene and being one of the original Afro punks back yeah. in the day, you know, the rude boy style, the mod shit. And he was like, wow, like, like, duh, like it's, it, 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 it makes sense. So he spoke to Rick, he spoke to the studio, you know, and then, you know, the rest was kind of history, you know? The, the, the <clears throat> thing that's on my mind is I, I just listened to, I guess it was last week's episode, mm-hmm. and what you're talking about now, and if you listen to the interview that we right. did on the fishbowl, like there's obvious straight lines between what you grew up in, right. who you are as a person, right. and what deadly class is. Mm-hmm. And I, I just watched the pilot last night, and I was so 
fucking invigorated because mm-hmm. your DNA was on it. Right. Not in an invasive way, just like it felt so appropriate that you were involved in that project. Right. Um, when, when, you're, when you're in your young days in L.A., mm-hmm. of course you're trying to integrate yourself into every project that feels like it has your DNA on it. That, that it feels like it would be appropriate for you to, to mm-hmm. join it. I wanted to get your read on on exactly that, on on how you maneuver yourself, like the difference between politicking and being a, a pushy asshole like yeah. how do, how do you how do you frame all that well i took it as and i think i talked about this on the podcast a little mm-hmm. bit which was <clears throat> i knew in 2018 my chris and i my other co-host chris derrick we talked about how the new thing we need to do in 2018 was um ask for shit okay you know and, how hard that is for people who aren't in the habit of asking dude, for shit. And, and, and you know, um, I'm not sure what your background is completely, but for mm-hmm. me, it's not an easy thing to ask somebody for something. And it's a very uncomfortable thing. And especially when you know tons of celebrities and showrunners and people like I'm involved with at the Writers Guild and all these yeah, other places. Yeah. It's, it's even more difficult because you don't want to be that guy. See, this you is mind-blowing because I mean? <clears throat> you're so plugged in at the Guild. Totally plugged it, in. It, it doesn't make... From the outside looking in, it doesn't really make sense to me. So I'm going to just shut up and listen. So, yeah. And and even some of my mentors are some of the biggest people in town. And I've never, they've never given me a job. You know, as great as a talent as I am, as much as things that I've won or, you know, how, you know, as easy as a writer I'd be to work with, all of us, they've never hired me. And what I've, when it's all come down to, and we talked about this on that show, sometimes the people you want to hire, you don't. And, and you have to realize that your relationship with them is not about them hiring you. It's about them being a vessel or being, um, 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 what's they call it, um, a listening board, if you will, yeah. for, for advice. Sometimes they're advice mentors to you. Yes. You know yes, what I mean? Yeah, people, yeah, you yeah. can call and go, hey, I'm in this situation with this producer. You know, what do you, what do you think? And they'll be like, oh, I've been down that line before. Here's what I did. Yes. You know? And it's not about them giving you a job. It's about being able to have that sounding board with somebody of that level and to hear their point of view. Absolutely. And so I have a few people like that who could easily hire me who have been more sounding boards than they have been people who have gotten me a job. Some of them have never even read my scripts. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I've known them for fucking 20 years. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. And, um, um, but I've accepted that that's just where our relationship is, is. Yeah. And so today I have a lot of young writers who hang around me. I've never read any of their scripts, but I constantly help them. You know, they hit yes. me darn near every day. Hill, I'm about to meet with his agent. How should I handle this meeting? I'm about to do this. I'm rocking on this, this script. So I do the same thing with them. If, if the right thing came around that I was able to help somebody, I would. But it hasn't come up for me. To help yes. them in that way, you know, but I've referred them to job. Like I just referred to two of the kids to my agent, uh, my manager, um, the assistant left or is leaving this week. So I referred them to go over there and work there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I'm doing things, you know, in a different way yeah, yeah. on my level that I can do it. You know what I mean? So um, God, I'm forgetting your whole fucking question you asked me. It's uh, the uh, the patience to, to keep your manners when when you're hungry. Right. And it's and it's. For me, it's about never wanting to look like your, your, your never let them see you sweat type of thing. <laughs> but I also wanted to change the perception that people had of me. Yes. So by letting them know that I'd be willing to, and that was my miles. My meeting with Miles was my first time asking any of my friends who are in a position to hire 
to hire me. I never do it. Yeah. I'll be sitting in here talking to a showrunner that tell me, oh, I'm in the middle of staffing. I, and I could write on that show. I never ask. Ever. Why not? Because I just have been that dude. I don't want to be that guy going, hey, hire me. But what I've learned is I missed out on a lot of bullshit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I know. You got to forgive me. My, my potty mouth. I know. That's I, okay. I apologize. That's okay. Um, but what I'm excited is what I, yeah. where I go for some reason. Um, and... I've missed out on a lot of things and, and, and hanging with miles that day was my first time ever blatantly just saying, dude, you know, you should hit me, put me on your show. And here's why. And I just went down the list of all these things of why he should bring me in the room. <clears throat> and he ran out, he left out of here and in 10 minutes hit me right back on it. I was thinking about it. Like I, I literally put it in his mind. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And so, and so, I, I think I talked about on the show about how he sent me the script and I had I thought about, oh, I have this other really cool 80s pilot that I wrote that I really like and it has a very strong voiceover like Deadly Class does. But they wrote theirs, they, the way they did the slug lines was a little bit different. The way they did, you know, the action was a little bit different. So I went and for spent about three or four hours just reworking it to look like that script. Yep. You know what I mean? That's something I just knew over all the years I've been working, that's something you should do. Yes. You know, when you're mimicking, you know, if I was writing a spec script of, you know, the um, home, home, what's that home? What's that new show that's out home? Uh, or any, any new show. Whatever it is, you, you learn the format that they you do learn the inside format, out. You learn the format, you gotta mimic it. Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to mimic their version so that when they read it, even though it's a completely different world and a different subject, it almost felt like they wrote it themselves. Yes. So that's, I spent three or four hours just glossing it over to make it look like that, you know? Yep. And I made sure that a character that I had who was always in black was now all of a sudden this punk rock looking dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah, not yeah. in my script. You know yeah. what I mean? But that was my aha. This is what I need to do yep, yep, yep. to show them and page three that you're going to see these people in this, yeah, this yeah, show. Yeah, you, you know, know what I mean? they're cooking exactly. and you can cook it too. Exactly, because most times people only read the first 10, maybe 15 pages anyway. Yeah. You know, and so one of the things I did find out, I believe, if I thought I heard this, I don't know if it's just a rumor, that um, everybody who ended up getting staffed, they actually read all those scripts. They're the only scripts they made it all the way through. And you that was kind of the test was if you could hold them exactly. through the whole, the you whole story, I mean? then you so, got them. So that's a lesson in there. You know, so I made sure that I painted a lot of things in there that wasn't even originally in the script to make it feel like yeah. I knew what was going on. You know what I mean? Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> and so um, um, you were you were talking about coming on to that show, you know, that, that a show about the 80s in San Francisco and the punk rock mod, you know, um, skinhead, you know. Um, counterculture world, if you will, you know, centered around new wave and, you know, um, a little bit of heavy metal in there. There's, yep. I mean, there's a character for everybody, you know, the goth world, the, yep, yep, the, yep, yep, the, yep. The, the, the skate world and everybody's in there. And, um, um, I couldn't, there's not another show in the world that I wish that I would have came on except for that show. You know, and it's because of that. You know, you still see my my whole production company, the emblem, the the logo, and everything I have is still based off of that world. It still yeah. looks like the punk rock mod. You know, it's got the whole specials thing on the back of it. I mean, that's me. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That was the <clears throat> thing that struck me so much about mm-hmm. it was how intimately you the show was like. Right. 
And and I imagine that everybody on the team is getting to put their kind of heart into it. Every, in a- everybody has their own superpower. I was the guy, you know, Rick, Rick, me and Rick were the two guys in San Francisco living in that world. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he came a little bit later and placed it into the 80s, but I was there in 87. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I think he came sometime in the 90s or early 2000s or something. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but, but it made the most sense for it to be there. And so, but I literally was there at the clubs, at the Batcave or at, yep, you know, yep, 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 I'd yep. see all the concerts, you know, seeing Fishbone and Bad Brains and fucking, I tell people stories about, um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers used to open for Fishbone and everybody's like, really? I'm like, yeah. Like before they became. Before they were the Red Hot Chili <laughs> yeah, Peppers. And actually they had some ska songs. And people were like, really? I'm like, yeah. They had reggae songs. They have like, really? I'm like, yeah. They kind of went more pop, yeah. you know, but you can hear little elements of it every once in a while, you know, that there's, did the punk still stayed for sure. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? But, but they had a mixture of all that second wave punk ska sound, you know, that a lot of those groups had. Um, and so for me, there's there's no other show that I could even imagine coming in first out of the gate. You know, I, like I said, I've had plenty of opportunities to mm-hmm. to push my way into other shows, other crime shows that I could have rode on, you know, um, music shows like Empire, you know, that I could have yeah. probably tried to push my way on to because I know showrunners or whatever, but never did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And but this one came up and I was like, but I was in my new space. You know, every year you have to decide for yourself what's your goal, what's your plan. My plan was to change my perception. That was, look, okay, here's how I frame it is um, the only show better than Screenwriters Rant Room mm-hmm. is next week's episode of Screenwriters Rant Room. <laughs> That's hilarious. Thank you. Because when I was listening to this week's, that that the delineation of goals and plans, right. that should be something they teach you in first grade. Right. And, and that I hadn't heard it until there. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, you want to give us the 30 second? Yeah. Um, so we had our friend Paul Gio. He's, um, um, co-EP now about to be a showrunner on some, some new show, I think on CBS, I believe. Um, he, he was like from the librarians and, um, NCIS New Orleans mm-hmm. and stuff <clears throat> and a good friend of the show. And he came on last year, which is what made me change this whole viewpoint. And I'm just giving you the, the, the small, yeah, yeah. And anyone who's liking what you're saying now, mm-hmm. they just got to go listen to Screenwriters right, right, Rant right. Room and get the full yeah. extended version. It was it was like earlier in 2018, we did an episode with Paul. I think it was called Plans First Goals. Yes. <clears throat> and um, so he talks about how, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll use a reference to make it make sense. So he talks about plans versus goals, meaning like a lot of people make, at the, at the beginning of the year, everybody makes goals. Goals yes. are a diet plan. Yeah, right? yeah, plans yeah, yeah, yeah. are a lifestyle change. Yes, right. Yes, so that's how I look at it. A lot of people plan; they make it. They make a goal. They're going to start going to the gym. They're going to do all these things, and three months later, they're not going to the gym. Yeah, yeah. They forget the daily application. Now they're not eating right. Now they're going to McDonald's again. Now they're yes. not. You know what I mean? Whatever. My lifestyle, as you notice, you know, I still got my weights in here. Yep. I take care yep. of my body. I groom myself a certain way. <clears throat> and my lifestyle is that way. So it's very easy for me to adjust to something new. So I've been doing plans my entire life, calling them goals. You yes. know what I mean? And so my shift was my plan this year is to get myself in situations to where I change the perception of how people see me, right? They see my, I have my office. They see I drive a cool car. They see I drive dress a certain way. Mm-hmm. They see success, Yes, right? I need to let them know, yes, I am successful and God has blessed me or whatever you call the universe, whatever. But the, I need to change the, I need to also let you know that I would be willing 
to do these things too. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's, that was my goal of 2018. We spend every day framing ourselves. Right. We forget that other people aren't framing us at all. Right. And if they are, it's unlikely that they are just guessing the same framing that we give ourselves. Well, if you think about it, a lot of, you, you know, you, meet, you interview a lot of writers and, 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 you know, entertainers or whatever. Anytime anybody comes to you and say, oh, I'm an aspiring writer, you immediately, they immediately tell you what level they're on. You know what I mean? Yes, yes. Oh, I'm an aspiring actor. It's like, you have, oh, you're probably not even SAG yet. Oh, yeah. you're not in the guild, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 so, yeah. So anytime people do that, I'm trying to, t- that's why I'm always like, take that out of your vocabulary. The aspiring part of you're the equation. putting into the universe, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing when I tell people about pitching. A lot of people come in and, and you know, I'm pitched three or four things a week, you know, my little small company, and I've heard thousands of pitches. Yes. And the ones I remember when people tell me certain stories, Right. And so people come in and go, okay, well, um, so basically I have this story about whatever. I'm like, stop. And people are always like, oh my God, like he's stopping me in the middle of my pit. This must be a disaster. And I'm like, <laughs> you're basically, the word basically is saying I'm not sure. So take that out of your vocabulary. Same word, right? Because what happens is body language happens. You and I study body language because of what we do. Yes. We have to. So somebody comes in, they're like, well, so basically it's, see where I am? Yeah. See where my yeah, shoulders yeah, yeah. are? What? what? You see what I mean? It's saying, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of not sure if this idea works. We're still feeling it out. I'm still trying to. And I want to see what you like so that right. I can jump on that. Exactly. And- I need you to come in confident. Yes. I need you to come in going, man, dude, I just saw this fucking movie the other day. Blew me away. Check this out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now yeah, I'm leaning yeah, yeah. in. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, Imagine yeah. if there was Green Book today and the world was a certain, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever the fuck it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you got me, yes. right? But instead of, so I was kind of thinking that, you know, basically there's a story about this woman who, blah, 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 I'm already done with you. Yes. You know and what I mean? In pitching, it's easy to forget everybody wants to be got. Right. Any, anyone sitting on your side of the right. table, they want to be hooked. They want to be. You want to be entertained, especially if you've heard four or five of them in a day. Yes. Which most executives do, especially at certain times of the year. You want to be entertained. You want to be like everybody who walks in the door, you're going, please give me the next thing that I could take to somebody yes. else or yes. th- that I could get behind. Because you have to remember, and I talk about this a lot. You are not asking a producer to produce your project. You're asking them to invest a year or two of their fucking life with you. Yes, (laughs) yes. You know what I mean? It's so much more than just, I don't understand why they don't buy my project. It's not that it's not good. It's, do I want to take that much time dealing with the story about that? Yes. Do I want to be in that headspace? Yes, yes, yes. I'm going through it right now. I wrote the Black Wall Street script, right? It's getting me in all kinds of doors, right? But everybody's like, I just can't be in this two years in this world. It's so it's hard, but the writing is brilliant. Like that's what I'm getting all the time. Yeah. So they always want to meet with me. You know what I mean? They just don't want to be in that headspace for two years. You so know what, what do I mean? you do with that when you're being told you're brilliant and also we don't want that? You use the fact they still want to meet with you. Okay. So now you sell the next thing you have. Okay. See, that's why you can't just have one thing. You see, so now I tell them about other things. For example, I went on a, uh, me and my producing partner went on a, they read my Black Wall Street script at this, I'm not going to say what company, huge company. Can you give us the log line of Black Wall yeah, Street? Yeah, yeah. So that- Black, um, it's the story of Tulsa in 1921, Memorial Day. There was um, a Negro man, I call him Negro because that's what they were back then. Yes. A black man was was accused of raping a woman, a white woman on, a, on an elevator in 1921. She tells, she tells the sheriff Sheriff goes out in search of him, finds the person, 
takes him back to the jailhouse <clears throat> to interview him. And in the meantime, 2,000 Klansmen show up and want a, an order to let him go. Well, 75 black um, soldiers show up and, 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 and protect him. Yes. And it turns into a big race riot the last, like, 17 hours. And they end up moving into town, into the black side of town, destroying the entire town. One of the guys has a fighter plane. He drops bombs on the whole town. The whole town is completely demolished. And the white neighborhood is pristine, perfect. They kill, like, 300-something people. It was just crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so that's the story of Tulsa and Essence. And so um, that's the kind of exactly the kind of story that needs to be told. And also, I can totally empathize right. with anyone who doesn't want to spend right. two nobody years wants to in that in, world. It's deep. I mean, yeah. even though in, in my story, there's 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 um, there's it ends with hope. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, big time. And and so but it's just dealing with that world for that amount of time is crazy. But at least and I tell people this all the time. Sometimes you're going to write a script you think is everybody in Hollywood's going to love it and it doesn't sell. And and so far, this has been that with that script, um, not to put that in the universe, because I would love for this movie to be done, but but it opens the doors for you for yeah. other things. You know what I mean? Because I know me, I was starting to tell you that, you know, we, me and my producing partner, who's also producing the movie with me, um, um, went to a company who said, this isn't for us, but we would love to meet, you know, the writer. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. we went. And they were like, we would love this. We would only be interested if we focused on this part of the story. You know, our mandate isn't this, yeah. right? Every single production company has a different mandate. That doesn't mean they don't like your writing or your story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just don't do horror movies. They just don't do thrillers, you know, yeah. whatever it is, right? So for me, um, so literally at some point, I got a chance to talk about me. So I said, well, I don't know if I, if I ever told you this, but the reason why I wrote the story was because of this. Yeah. Right. And I started talking about growing up in the hood, being a young black gay kid, you know, who was like the black Pee Wee Herman in my neighborhood riding around on a scooter, you know, yada, yada. He went, wait a minute. Really? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, we have this other story. Why don't you guys come back and pitch this to us? And it was about this gay story. Right. So I'm saying that to say that's how you save yourself in the room. So now we get to come back yes. and pitch. Yes, got you know, it, got it, got it, got it. A movie with a huge producer, you know what I mean? Yep. Based on just because I got to tell him a truth. Yeah. Based yeah. on myself. You know what I mean? Here are the true facts about me and why I write stories in the underdog story world based in the murder, death, kill world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everything I do is about some underdog in this world somehow. You know, I don't care if it's sci-fi, I don't care if it's drama, I don't care if it's horror, it's always this somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he was like, oh, like, I get you. Yeah. You're the, exactly the type of person who could write this. You know what I mean? So so that's how you utilize that. It's not about, oh, shit, I wrote this great script everybody loves but nobody wants to make. It's about using it as a... As a, as a as your resume, as, as, as a sort board of, to as, get you yeah. in. It's that's what, it, that's what they call it. It's a, it's a sample. Yep, yep, yep. Sometimes yep. a sample is just that. No matter how good it is, you know, everybody can't produce, everything isn't producible to everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not jinxing that because, you know, I want it to happen, but you just got to find the right person who's willing to take a year or two out of their life in 25, 30 million dollars to do yep. it. Yep. You know what I mean? And then once you're, once you're at the <clears throat> level professionally where you can be making decisions about these things, you're old enough to know that you're counting the clock down. Like when you're in your twenties, you're, you're still counting the clock up right. before you're, you're in the right. countdown. Exactly. So those, those two years are worth so much more in your thirties and your forties and your fifties than they but, are in your eighteens. But yeah, there's some truth to that. And there's also the other side of that. Hit me with the other <clears throat> side. I think, I think you've heard me say this before too, is, you know, a lot of people have, I've been approached by a few publishers about 
who listened to my show about me writing a book. And I said, the only, and there's two things keep me from writing a book, by the way. One is in my head, I look at, I, we're in LA. So we all compare ourselves to our friends and people we know. Yes. Right. So I'm comparing myself to my girl, Lena Waithe. I'm like, well, Lena, she don't want to write the book. She's already got this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you should be looking at this person because they already have that. I'm still trying to get this and trying to get this and trying to get this. The other side of it is I'm like, well, if I was to do it, it would be a book about being over 40 and surviving Hollywood. Yeah. That I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I've done it just until last year. I've done fine, you know, surviving outside of Hollywood until 2018. I finally decided, let me get into the system, you know, fuck all these independent movies and independent little TV pilots and shit that I've done. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to get in and show everybody I'm legit. Yeah. So to speak. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so, so that's partly what kept me from wanting to do it. But if I were, it would be about that. You know what I mean? And it's a hell of a project to land in. Like, this is the one that, you, that you're... It's surreal. It's so bizarre to me. Because I look at you... I, when I got here, you were one of the first people I talked to when I got to L.A. Okay. And I'm seeing you as really plugged in. And now I'm... I'm you, you're unfolding like a, like a finely crafted paper box. <laughs> Learning like the, that you're still figuring out how to plug yourself into the, into the thing. And looking well, I, th- at your, I think we all are. Yeah. You know, I was just talking to one of my friends who's a showrunner on a show the other day and he was like talking like shit is so not great. And I'm just like, what do you, you like showrunner? You're a showrunner. Show? You know yeah. I mean? you, you're living the dream, but it's not, the perception isn't always what you think. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the lesson that you learn. The more you're, the more you're here and the more you live in that world, like even being on, being on deadly class, you know, I was living the dream, you know, being on that room. It was, like I said, it was in the world that I was in. My favorite times ever was was when I would be in the room and Rick would be up running the board and he would turn to me personally and go, Hill, what song would we be playing right now? Or what would they be mm-hmm. wearing? You know what I mean? And I'd be like, oh, shit, he would be doing this and this was what we'd be yep, playing. Yep, you know what yep, I mean? Yep, yep. My favorite times ever is when things like that would happen because that's when I got to show my superpower. Yeah. Now he would do that with other people who had their superpower. Yeah, yeah, you know of course. I mean? And of that's course. why you build the room so specifically so you can get information that you don't have yes. or that you can't think of immediately, you know, from somebody who can. You know what I mean? And and even though that world was his world, it was my specialty. Yeah. San Francisco at that time was me. So it forced me to go back and find hours and hours of time of just listening to Bauhaus, listening to Tones on Tell, yes. shit that I wouldn't even normally listen to. So I could figure out what the goth chick was into. Yes. You know what I mean? So I could figure out what the, what the heavy metal dude was into. And I was like, oh, I forgot about, you know, that obscure, you know, heavy metal band. I'd forgotten about that. They had that one little hit, you know, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It forced me to go back and listen to their music. It forced me to go back and really study photos of the styles back then and to see what the kids were wearing. And it started making me go, oh, what do I still have in my closet? Oh, I still have my creepers. I still got my docs. Oh, I got those brand new docs I've never even wore for like 20 years. Like I still yeah, have, yeah. you know, like all these things that I still have, but it, 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 it brought back images and, you know. And how fun is head. that? That's it's so invigorating to get to revisit those memories just for on leisure time, mm-hmm. but to do it for a job is, right. is such a, such a blessing, such and, a good. And, and it made me go out and call 
um, one of the one of the scooter mechanics to get a couple of my scooters fixed. You know, I have six of them in my garage yep, and only yep. three of them work or four of them work. So, you know, I was like, I need to get those other two fixed. Yeah. As soon as it gets warm, I'm getting back on my scooters. <laughs> you know what I mean? Literally. And I, so I, I took one and wrote them to work, you know, just like yep. all of a sudden, you know, and usually they just sit in my garage, you know, so it's like. Lots of that has encouraged me, you know, the specials have a new album, you know, so it's like they're playing like in the next month or two. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's just like all these new things are going on in this subculture, you know, that I want to start getting back involved. I reached out to a couple of the scooter guys. I'm like, dude, I'm coming back out soon. I'm coming back. You know what I mean? I'm going to be back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be dangerous when I'm back. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I just love it. The, the show has brought that out of me in, in a positive way. And um, I, I, I can say that if we get a season two, there is a character that I relate to a lot, and which is what I'm really excited about seeing if, you know, if we get a season two. Now, in the, if I can talk process for a little mm-hmm. bit, how much latitude are you given from the, the original pages of the comic book? And how much are you trying to hew to the, the source material? Well, I mean, every show is different. I mean, you know, there's, we have to be a little careful with how we talk about some things because, you know, the politics in the room. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but and I'm not asking oh, for no, any dirt. I'm it's just fine. curious I'm, about I'm, your... I'm just trying to, you know, in my head, just think about what we can say. Um, in general, I'll just be general, if you don't mind. That's, that's totally okay. So, in general, for example, Rick and them might come in a room and just give us like, like, so here's what we want to do for the whole season. So we know we want to get Marcus to this place. Yeah. So now then you start breaking down, well, what does episode one look like? You know, yeah. we have the pilot already. So it takes us to this point. Yeah. So how do we slow down? Because maybe if we, if we just followed the book. Well, by, by episode three, we'd be at the end of the season already you yeah, know, because yeah, it just yeah. moves really, really fast. Yes. Right? And we have a whole hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how do we slow all this down and just put in this moment, this moment, so we end right here, we introduce this new character. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we end right here and we end, and we end on this dilemma. You know, So you keep building those things that by the time you get to episode 10, then, then now you know, oh, we're at the season finale where this leads us to this element. So if we get a season two, yes. now we can go on this journey. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, and, but it's all straight out of the book. We know that these things happen in the book. Every, every episode is layered with stuff in the book. Layered yeah, yeah, yeah. with stuff in the book. And you, you do is flip through the book and like, oh, there's that same exact image. Yep. yep <laughs> you yep. know what I mean? And, and Rick, you know, the, 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 the podcast, the podcast, the show is based on, um, you know, Rick's life, you know, um, the character of Marcus and Billy are really him split into two different characters. Okay. You know, I remember telling him that in, in my meeting, I was like, that's you. And he looked at me like, how do you know? And I was like, <laughs> duh, it's like, I'm looking at you. I could tell that you, you know what I mean? So, um, um, it's, and it's very specific to his life. So it's, it's, it's also a really hard show to write. You know, it's very, very hard. You know, he has, him and Miles have a very distinct voice, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, they come in and they, they put their stamp on everything, you know, and, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same if they didn't, you know, and that's the same for any show, you know, every, every showrunner, that's their job to go back and make sure that the voice matches them. Yes. You know what I mean? They have to, if you had your own show, you'd be doing the same thing. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So I respect it. I mean, all you, all you can do is as a writer in the room, is 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 do your job that you're supposed to do, and even if you're completely rewritten, you just take the game and be like, "What did they do?" and study those scripts. Yes. You know what I mean? And yes. see yes. and be yes. like, yes. "Oh, now I see why 
I see why they got rid of that stuff that we wrote. I see why yeah, they got rid yeah, of that stuff yeah. that she wrote. You know what I mean? Whatever. You can see it, you know, clearly on the page. Sometimes, you know, we're all writers, so we all have egos. So sometimes people are like, well, I still think my thing was better than that person's stuff. Of course. Plenty of people are going to do that. But if you can humble yourself, you know, which is just something I've learned how to do for a long time, I could just kick back and go, okay, I clearly see why they did that. Clearly see why they did that to that yep, person. Yep, yep, yep. Clearly, y'all you know, is way better now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they really spent, and that's I give I give so much credit to Miles and Rick. They 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 spend where you and I might do two or three versions, they do twenty. Okay. They are like so intense on every fucking word. You know, and it may not be the some people may not think the writing is perfect. Yeah. To them, they spent they gave you their best version. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean, and that that's something that I've learned <clears throat> from them. And I was just telling Chris about this earlier um, for my podcast that that's something that I'm adding to my new pilots now as I write is I'm thinking like them. I'm looking at it five and six more times than I would have done before. Yes, you know what I mean. So now it's forcing me to go back and look at all my stuff. Yep, yep. You know, so when I'm doing a polish, I'm really looking at it going. Is this a moment I put in there because of this? Or is this a moment I put in there? What can I bring out of my life and put this in there now? Because that's how they think. Yes. You know? And so it's helping, you know? So that's what your job. You're supposed to grow from each situation, pull elements from them, and make your shit better. You know? And that's what I'm trying to do. Everyone is a mentor. Every human being on this Everybody. planet is a mentor. If you look at life like that, yeah, you know what I mean? And that's why I tell, I have a lot of, a lot of young kids who come in here and <clears throat> hang out with me all the time and just want to get game or just listen to me or, you know, whatever. And, and I'll tell them like, dude, there's shit I'm going to get from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? The fact that you went to fucking college at Harvard, I didn't go to college. You know what I mean? So you're already way brighter than I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's tons of information I'm going to get from you yeah. just based on that. You have to roll with your strength. And know that your strength is a good thing, you know. And 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 that's the other thing I learned. I know I'm talking like you. You know how I open the door. I am not going to stop. You. <laughs> is I learned it, actually. I learned this from from Mick Betancourt. I give him a ton of credit on this. Um, I was talking about on my podcast on that episode about having that um, um, what they call that block where you feel like you can't writer's block, imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, and I had a long talk with Mick, and Mick is like. You know, Hilliard, you know, the the best thing you have going for you is the fact that you have those issues. And I was like, huh? And that's, it, that's, a, yeah, that's a bit of a, a totally. reworking. Because if you embrace the fact that you have whatever your weakness is, you know, like I was, I was having issue with the fact that I never went to college and all these other things, right? So I didn't think I was smart enough yes. for years. Like I can't write because I didn't, everybody I know went to Harvard. Everybody I know went to Yale or USC or whatever. And... He's like, no, 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 no. Embrace the fact that you could write stories about shit they can't write about. Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? And until I understood that, it started making sense to me. And he reiterated that for me. He reminded me, you know, that is your strength. Yeah. You don't have to be the smartest person in the world to write a story. You know, they just, society makes you think yes. that. You know what I mean? And and the more I've I've worked, the more I've grown. You know, it's amazing to see when I first started writing all the typos I used to have. Mm -hmm. Now 
you know, I know how to write. Now I can yeah, spell. Now I can, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I didn't graduate from high school. You know what I mean? So of course my shit wasn't going to be right. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's that thing, like you, you, you walk into a room and see people operating in excellence. And mm-hmm. of course you want to leave your shadow self right. outside of that room. Of course you don't want to invite that person right. in with you. So yeah, but you have to bring that person in you have to. to the room with you. That's the person that they hired. And that's the person that they want in the meeting that people don't think. They everybody goes in trying to play somebody. Yes. They go yeah, in trying to yeah, play yeah. A, a different character. Like I just had this huge meeting the other day at a big company and um about about some other stuff. And I literally went in and I just opened up. I went, first I'm gonna tell you, I'm a little silly. So boom. And I just <laughs> went in and I had him on the floor, just rolling. You know what I mean? And I I've, I've accepted who I am is who I am. Yeah. I'm a little silly at times. I'm a little, um, I have a potty mouth. You know what I mean? I've accepted all these things about myself. So so no matter what situation in it, I try to be, you see, you said earlier, you always have that smile. You, you always do. have whatever. Like, I try to be as consistent as possible. Every time you see me, same dude. Yes. Yeah. Same dude. Yeah. You see me differently, you know I'm acting different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's what I've learned about myself. And that's why I think I have so many um, people who, who, who can say I'm a good guy. You know what I mean? Cause I'm the same dude all the time they see me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, for sure. I think, I think we, I think we nailed it. I think cool. you nailed it. Cool. Cool. Uh, I can't, I can't thank you enough for coming back on. And I just want to say again, congratulations. It's so invigorating to see you doing a project that thank is you. in complete lineup with what you with who you it, are it, it and, really and how is. you see the world. It really is. And, and that tells me that you know me, you know, because you got to like sit and talk to me and hear my yeah. story, of course, too. But that, 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 that definitely means a lot. Like my mom and them watching like, oh my God, there's like all the kids, you know, they look like all your friends when you were in high school. You know what I mean? So they totally, they totally, they feel the same way. Yeah. Like if there was going to be a show that I was going to be on, it was going to be Deadly Class for sure. You know, so I'm I'm grateful to Rick and to Miles, you know, for for bringing me on the show. You know, I had a, I had a blast, you know, working with them. I think the kids are fucking flawless in, in their delivery. So good. And the look, the way that they like we, we had Benjamin on earlier. Benjamin is fucking amazing. You know, I can't imagine another Marcus. I just can't. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and to me, he embodies like a young, pretty um, um, James Dean, not in look, but just in in in, in intensity. Yeah. It's in his eyes. Like I, t- I was telling my husband, we were watching TV and I'll just pause it. I'm like, look at him. It's his eyes. He's just always thinking. That's very Dean. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not always what you're saying. It's what you're thinking, you know? He's like far beyond his age to be knowing how to do that. And I love that y'all are, are keeping an eye on him. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's, it's, it's so vital when mm-hmm. when people hit that young that there are people uh you know just watching this, this is when you become a drug addict in two years yeah you know yeah, what i mean yeah, so yeah. to speak you know if you let the shit get to you yeah you know you come out on a hit show and the show gets canceled and you never work again you yep, know yep, yep, you, yep, you yep. live in here in hollywood or it keeps hitting you know? and nobody can say no to you anymore right. on any topic that's right. that's as dangerous as flopping. Right. But it, it, it really was encouraging. I was sitting in on the, the previous recording and hearing mm-hmm. y'all talk to him. Uh, was it, I worry. I worry about kids who hit and hit uh-huh. big and hit well and mm-hmm. have intensity in their, in their right. veins. Because, right. yeah, it, it can go south. It can go south very quick. And it doesn't last as long as you think it could. You know, you look at um, Christian Slater and um, um, 
what's his name? I was just looking at him the other day on True Detective. Um, I can see his face. Uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. You know, all those types. I mean, they've been around since the early 80s or whatever, and probably even before that. And, you know, they're still around, but there are little pockets where you don't see them for five, six, yes, seven years. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. boom, they pop up in something else again. You know, to me, that's just constantly reinventing yourself. And it's also about going through phases where when you were, you know, 18 to 25 years old and you were the hot, young, Rob Lowe-looking guy, yeah. for example, <clears throat> you know, you're going to be getting work. But as soon as you turn 35 and you don't look like that anymore— how do you reinvent yourself? Yeah. You know, yeah. well, you got to come out in some Aaron Sorkin shit and show people you could do something else. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, Which is what he did. You know what I mean? And to me, that's the that's how you do it. You don't just keep playing that same role. You keep reinventing yes, yourself. Yes, yes, You know? And that's why I was in trying to encourage Ben earlier. I was like, you have to be doing something else. You have to be, you don't have to be writing, but you have to be getting involved in other things. Like, he's like out there now that he's making some money, they're like, we're trying to find um, um, books that we can option. Yeah. You know oh yeah. I mean? Yeah. You Start buying property. Like you're buying smart. houses, like intellectual that, properties right. is, is vital. It's right. such a good investment. And that's if you smart. get a good property, right. <laughs> not, you know, and, and it helps that his girlfriend, you know, she's on a show, she's on, been on four seasons. So she's already been there, mm-hmm. you know, for four, she's already had, so they're together. Some, yeah. Yeah. That's, so he's already, she's already had her success, you know? Yeah. I mean? Yeah. She already knows what it's like to be season after season after season, to be back and forth to Vancouver, to have that lifestyle, yeah, to see yeah. her name on a poster, to, you know what I mean? So she can help him. You know, they yes. can help each other grow. Yeah. You know, yeah. so that's as opposed to having some person who isn't working either. You know, you're the star. They aren't. You know what I mean? Yep. Now you're going yep. through that yep. bullshit. Yep, 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 you yep, know? yep. No, I'm, my wife is a singer. And when we were getting married, people mm-hmm. were warning us, ah, two artists, it'll never work. But it, it Right. It's vital. It's so vital it's to have somebody vital. who un- understands the lifestyle, understands that I might be gone for four weeks, eight mm-hmm. weeks. She might be gone for four weeks in the other room in our house, and I won't <laughs> exactly. be able to access her. Right, right. But uh, uh, we, we, we are uh, way over. No problem, no problem. Oh. Well, thank you, buddy. So I appreciate it. Why, are you, why on earth are you thanking me? Why on earth? That's thank good. you. Know, this is good. such a joy. Well, thank this you for is... the photos earlier. That was really cool. You think we're done? We got more photos than you. Come on. <laughs> but really, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you and congratulations. Those thank are the two man. things I wanted to say. Appreciate it. We'll be back in a year or so, I guess. All right. We'll, cool. We'll scoop it up. Bye. Morpheus is fighting Neo. Hello, and welcome to Hollywood Fishbowl Speed Rounds. Are you ready? I am ready. Uh, would you be kind enough to do the audience the favor of introducing yourself before we jump into it? Yes, my name is Darling Alley Cat. And a little bit of framing. Who? How would you like them to know you? Um, I'm the most mischievous of cats found in the alley. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's get into the bowl then. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, we're going to have beeps and the timer, and you'll hear the beeps. And when the minute's up, the minute's up. Okay. And we pull the next one. Got it. You go first. Okay. What's... What am I living for? We're starting heavy on this, this episode. Deep. Okay. What, what, am I, what on earth are you living for? I guess I'm living to have fun. And <laughs> since you're alive, should I assume that you are having fun? I am having fun, yes. What? What? Why? What's the fun stuff? Uh, well, I like 
being on stage, that's pretty fun. Okay. I like performing. Uh, I like my boyfriend a lot, and he's Heck really yeah. fun, and we do fun things together. He was showing up for you at your at your graduation show. Yes, he did come to my graduation show. That's a good. That's a good man who will come and watch you take off your clothes. Yes, he will always come and watch me take off. My How'd y'all meet? Uh, okay, Cupid. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> how long? How long have you been together then? Uh, almost four years. Four years in April. Dude, mm-hmm. have you written to OK Cupid to tell him that they they work? No, but I should do that. You should. They'll put I... your your two faces up on the. Th- <laughs> My turn. Oh, okay. Movie Mad Libs. What does that mean? Uh, hasn't yet been defined. How would you like that to be defined? Movie Mad Libs. Yes. Like. Like, like Mad Libs, but for movies? Right. Um, so, like, I don't know. The only thing I could think of, like, is, like, I used to play this game where you would say a movie title and then you would switch out one word of the movie title with vagina. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the the Jeff Goldblum classic adventure film, Vagina Park. Uh, right. Uh, the Unfortunately, the main actress passed away. I can't think of her name, but Little Black Vagina. What was the original title? <laughs> Little Black Book. Because all I can think of is vagina once we get to that far. <laughs> I can't think of her name, though. Uh, uh, Keanu Reeves stands up against the machine overlords in the Vagina Matrix. <laughs> Oh, we're out of time oh, for movie God. All right. Your turn. Get a good okay. one. Okay. Um, favorite candy? Snickers. Not a bad choice. Do you do the thing where when you buy Snickers, you're like, this is healthy because it has a peanut in it? Sometimes. I Not have, until recent years. <laughs> I have every time since I've been 30, that is how I justify eating my one Snickers. I mean, honestly, their slogan, hungry, why wait? Like it is, it fills, it's a candy bar that keeps you satisfied for longer than most. Have you considered <laughs> sending a letter to Snickers and doing campaigns no, for but them I as well? Testimonials. That. I got a lot of letters to write after this Yes. Show. No, it, it's, of all the candy bars, that is the one that sits heaviest and gets me through like the next hour, hour and a half yep, uh, yep. with the with mm-hmm. the least. It's closest to like a, a protein bar. I would you know, say. Uh, only it tastes way better. Most of those protein bars have just as much sugar yep. as the Snickers. Mm-hmm. Like they're all bullshit. Told that those they're all are fake. Very bad for you. Every okay. Here's the thing: is if you live long enough, you realize that everything is bad for you oh, because yeah. eventually you're going to die from one of the right. things that you it were. It showed doing up wrong. on a list more than once. That's that the that's you. the gold standard. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is number four. Yes. Yes. What do you know about Little Tokyo? Nothing. How long have you been in L.A.? Have you been down to that district? You must know something. Is it in L.A.? It is in L.A. Okay, then I... You really are a blank slate with Little Tokyo, aren't you? Yes, I'm going to be terrible at this question. I think you're doing fantastic I because the truth is nothing. So it's it's... Where is it? So um, like, little Tokyo. It's okay. <laughs> it is right next to Skid Row. Oh, and there's sometimes some junky overflow. Yes, I work downtown, streets. so okay. I, you've you've I've been, I've been seen in that the junky overflow. <laughs> here's here's I would the last time I was in uh, Little Tokyo, mm-hmm. I had this thought. Mm-hmm. And you can probably guess what I was looking at when I thought this thought. If I'm ever walking down the street with my pants down around my ankles and the legs dragging behind me, take away my heroin. I've had yes. too much heroin. Yes. Okay. So maybe don't need to make it to Little Tokyo. Little Tokyo is fantastic. <laughs> Little, I, I, last one. This is all you. Pick okay. the best one that's ever uh, come out of the right. fishbowl. Let's see here. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes. 
All right. Can we Was define it? ghosts? Um, I mean, I, I just think like spirits, like, like people that used to live on earth mm-hmm. and now they have passed away and I think they are still with us. I mean, have, I don't know, like if, if like I believe like I could see one, okay. I would like to believe I would, and I haven't never seen, seen one. one in your life, but if I am open to have looking you for felt them. one, have you sensed one without your eyes? Uh, I don't think so. I've really wanted to, okay. <laughs> and I've tried to, like, I even have one of those Ouija boards, you know, uh-huh. the stranger things Ouija board uh-huh. actually, but I honestly, the vagina things Ouija board. <laughs> yes. I don't think, I don't think I've ever really felt one. I've really tried hard, but, but you don't, have you felt like your ancestors close to you in a moment when you needed them? Not even that. Maybe. I'm trying to I'm trying to broaden the definition of ghost as, <laughs> yes, as much as yes. okay beautiful. <laughs> you are done. You have won. That was five questions in five minutes, and we have an anthem to play for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, if people liked what they heard, where can they find you on the social meds? At Darling Alley Cat, spelled D A R L I N G A L L E Y C A T. All right. Take off those headphones. Get out of here. We've got to get the next person in. We're going, going, going. <laughs> you know your way around a pair of headphones, right? Yeah, sure. All right. Put them right over the ears. That's the one. And you can hear me? Yes. Scoot yourself up on mic a little bit. Ooh. All right. Better? And you know what I what to do when I point to you, right? Oh, yes. Um, wh- kind of. I remember the phrase somewhat. Morpheus <laughs> is fighting, fighting Neo. Neo. Hello, <laughs> and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl Speed Rounds. I am and can only be your host, Jesse Kester. And today I'm joined by the one, the only, the illustrious. Fatal Curves. Fatal Curves. Now, is that spelled normally or strangely? Of course, it's for last name. It has to be spelled with a little pun in there. So uh-huh. the name Faye, F-A-Y-E. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And then tall, by itself, T-A-L, like, like a Vaughn or something along mm-hmm. that line. And then, of course, Curves. Your slogan could be Semper Fay. <laughs> there you go. If you want it. <laughs> There we go. That's perfect. <laughs> Welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. You saw what just happened. You're going to do it now. If That's you want. Right. <laughs> I'm ready. Consent. Nothing is sexier than consent. Would you like to do this? Oh, yeah. I'm down. I'm ready for this All game. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to push the button and we've got five questions in five minutes. You're going to do the first poll and just do your best with it. Okay. Go for it. What's the oldest piece of clothing you currently own? Oh my gosh, like I own vintage. Like all I do is shop vintage. In fact, I make it ethical clothing choice. So mm-hmm. um, I don't buy things that aren't made ethically, as in like livable wages. Yes. yes. Or I buy things that are re or vintage yeah, thrift yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So the only thing that my exceptions is is underwear because that's a little well, yeah. <laughs> But other than that, absolutely. So, like, the stockings I'm wearing right now are my grandmother's, which probably Aww. could probably creep out some people. Maybe no, they're thinking no, about no, that's but cool. no. And that's... then, like, jewelry and everything. So, I mean, I have, you know, my great-grandmother's necklace, and I wear that often enough. So, she's someone I didn't even meet but probably that's probably one of my oldest things but i wear my mom's prom dress to my prom i wore my aunt's prom dress to my other prom like i've always have a a wedding dress ready and waiting for you (laughs) yes i'd love to talk to you more about that but we're out of that minute it's my turn oh i hope i get a good one what's your favorite freeway oh 
ew, avoid, avoid. <laughs> La Cienega when it becomes a freeway <laughs> at that one point on 405. I mean, my favorite freeway would be at time of the freeway, which is like at three in the morning or something when there's no one on there and LA is like your own. And what are you talking? Like the 405, the 101, the 134, you know, the 5, the 10? I do kind of like the 405 just because you can get so many places on there yep. and you, you're along the coast. It's pretty. Yes. And also when you cut through that valley, like there's the museum to your right. It's gorgeous. And, you can see Getty. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's a very, I like the 405 mm-hmm. quite a bit. I hope to be on it someday when there's no traffic. I have yet to experience. You, If you, like I go down to San Diego to visit my family and when I do, I always, you know, make sure I like get in the car before 6 a.m. Because mm-hmm. then you get, you're on the 405 when the sun's rising and there's no one out there. Well, that sounds lovely to see the Recommend sunrise it. over the ocean mm-hmm. and not be moving at five miles an hour. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> at the very same time. All right. Your turn. Please pick a okay. pick a miracle. Let's see. How's that for pressure? Pick a miracle. I know. Did you ever dodge death? If not, you're lying. Oh, that is true. Um, yeah, I was with, um, at the time, my boyfriend in the car, and he uh, was driving down the freeway, and um, this truck just starts to merge over, and... Young, they do that yeah, sometimes. And he overcompensated one way, one way or another, and the whole car flipped all the way in a circle. He spun out, and when we stopped spinning, we were facing oncoming traffic. Thank goodness it's San Diego, not LA. Yeah. He had time to correct really quickly and pull over to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, but like the cars just whizzed right past us as soon as he'd fixed the. That car sounds absolutely over. terrifying. I mean, I could, I probably am, like shaking just thinking about it. Well, let's think about anything else. Let's think about every other moment in your life when you weren't at death's door from here exactly. on. Exactly. You know, I put myself in danger on purpose before. Like I've swam with sharks. I've ziplined. Like I'm, I've had a lot of fun. But why? <laughs> uh, venture, travel, it's a passion. <laughs> Is it my turn? It's my turn. What's the biggest check you ever received? Oh, um, probably it was like when I've left another job and then like mm-hmm. had to go you know, I got like cashed out for my vacation and like, oh, my, okay. you yep, know, yep, and, and yep, then yep, like yep. I have my bonus. I work in, um, my day job is like in events and stuff. So I work That's on awesome. also commission and sales. So when that happened, I, you what, know, what area of out. events are you in? In hotels. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. So like booking up the events that come to the hotels. Exactly. Yeah. So there's like, it's like a used car salesman kind of job where like, you know, it's commission, but you have, like, you have to be their personal best friend and make them want to book with you. Cause they pick the venue, not just based on how beautiful yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. but you're their relationship yeah, with yeah. you. Can, too. can I spend the next three months with yeah, this person? Exactly. Making all these important details yeah, and changes, yeah. but then you're also convincing them to do this and then why not add this and all that. So I feel <laughs> it's kind of a crazy job. <laughs> I'd love to hear more, but it's time for the last and final poll. Not only the last, but also the final. The final. All right. From all the spices around the world, what is your favorite spice? Oh, there's so many good ones. I know, because I I could go either way. Like, I mean, in winter, cinnamon's great, but just... I mean, is is peppers a spice, right? Like I just, it's the the thing I live with every day of my life. It's like, I'm not an amazing cook, but you just ground some fresh pepper on that salad or that chicken or those eggs. And it's, you know what I love about pepper? (laughs) You could like, there's salt and pepper and those are the two most common. Mm -hmm. No doctor in the world will tell you that you're eating too much pepper. Exactly. You can just go bananas Bananas with that. It's so good too. Exactly. And you always have it and get that little grinder. So it's nice and fresh and it smells great. 
Yep. No, fresh cracked pepper. There's nothing like it. <laughs> exactly. And we take we take a hardline stance. Um, pepper is a spice on the Hollywood fishbowl and Perfect. Jupiter is a planet. Oh, good. Yes. And Pluto too, right? Pluto's the, also a planet. <laughs> also the moon's a planet and, and the sun's a planet. You we, know what? If you want to be a planet, you go ahead and be a planet. That is the <laughs> message we're trying to put out into the world. Congratulations. You made it through the speed Yay. round of the Hollywood fishbowl. We got we to gotta do the, the anthem. All right. If people liked what they heard, where can they find you? Um, they can find me at Fatal Curves. Uh, and that, I think I already spelled it, but F-A-Y-E-T-A-L-C-U-R-V-E-S. Semper Fay. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. Morpheus is fighting Neo. Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am and can only be your host, Jesse Kester. Today, I am joined by the one, the only, the illustrious... Genevieve Dixon. Welcome to the program, Genevieve Dixon. Um, we're doing a lightning round. It's going to be short and quick to the point. To the point, no faking. Cooking MCs like a pound of baking. Would you be kind enough to introduce yourself to the audience? How would you like them to frame you? Hi, audience. Um, I'm Genevieve, and I am a writer and director. The end. You're not going to give it more juice than that? Uh-uh. That's all you need to know. Okay. Very straightforward. What are your uh, genre? Something. Um, I've written a couple coming-of-age dramas, um, and I'm working on an internet comedy series right now. Features? Uh, yes. Excellent. All right, so what we're doing is the speed round. So that means all we're going to do is pull a card. We have one minute to answer it, and then we move on to the next card after that minute is up. Okay. You will have beeps as we go that will tell you when we're done. Is that all good? Sounds good. The beeps sound a little something like this. Who would play your mom and your dad in your biopic? Oh, do I have to answer first? That's the idea. Oh, okay. Um, you are the guest. Okay. Uh, my mom would be Kathy Bates, and my dad would be Kevin Costner from Field of Dreams, specifically him as Ray in Excellent. that movie. Why Kathy Bates, besides the fact that she's fantastic in everything? Uh, I think since I was a kid and have seen Kathy Bates, that's kind of my, she kind of has my mom's stature, but okay. also Kathy Bates is just a character and that's my mom. Like okay. she, uh, she can journey through all levels of emotion and she's like a strong woman and she's also, she can be a fragile woman on camera. Like my mom's just all of those angles, I guess. Awesome. I'd love to talk more about that, but time's up. It's my turn to pull. About hashtag me too movement. Anything you want to say? Oh, I have to answer all of these? <laughs> you don't I'm have to on, answer any? No, I'm on every episode. I, I, okay. It would be very boring if Hashtag I had to answer. Me Too movement. Um, I'd lo- you don't have to. I would love it. I mean, if we're talking Me Too, we're talking consent. You don't have to do anything on this program. Oh, yeah. Good point. Me Too movement. Um, I, I like that people are empowered who feel like they didn't have a voice at first and now this has given them the momentum to uh, heal from anything that they've been through that involves, you know, all of the aspects of me too. Yes. Yes. That's how I feel about me too. Awesome. Do you forfeit your remaining eight seconds? I don't. I have a song that I wrote about me too. (laughs) 
Oh. <laughs> Took a little too long there. <laughs> Go for it. Your turn. Okay. Uh, let's see. Describe a moment where you were obsessed with someone, something. Oh, I think I just kind of have this personality in general. When I fall in love with something, I just like can't stop thinking about it. Um, I, for my life, have been obsessed with Oreos. And the cookies, you say? The cookies. It is not safe for them to be in my vicinity at any moment in time, even when driving down traffic or being in rush hour, mm-hmm. then being two rows back in my car. I have put my car into park, went over the seats to get the Oreos. That's irresponsible at best. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, I would say if you're obsessed with something, it's probably irresponsible or unhealthy. Which there have been so many iterations of Oreos, double stuff, uh, the pumpkin spice. I'm a classic. I love just the classics and I love the color themes. Like I love Halloween. Okay. And... I would love to ask more questions, but we're out of time. Have you served someone recently today? Served like papers? Served subpoenas? Served food? Or yeah, or dunked on some fools? Whatever it is. Hmm. Have I served anyone today? I haven't makes me feel unaccomplished, but someone has served me a delicious burrito in Los Feliz and mm-hmm. everyone should go have that burrito where wh- which wait which one did you go to uh it's called Yuca. it was just okay. like a little bitty stand that's like off of Los Feliz and I can't think of the intersecting street that it's actually on I I go to Hugo's down in Atwater Village and they're good what's what it's a Mexican every every Mexican truck or stand in LA is fantastic and True. it's really unexcusable that we're not there at one of them right now. They're yes. plentiful. Uh, halfway through my bike. Oh, I'd love to know what happened yeah. halfway through your we'll bike. We'll never ride. know. Your turn. Okay. Wait, is this the last one? Uh-oh. This is heartbreaking. I want to. What was the first time you thought something was too salty? <laughs> That's very specific. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with the first time the ocean got in my mouth. It, like, yeah. I actually don't like being in the ocean. I I will be in a lake. I, See, will be, I, did, I thought you would be an ocean. I like to lover. be by the ocean. Oh. I will sit on the beach every day. But and like, get me in the water. It. I'm like, yeah. it literally, it, all, it just gets slightly by your mouth and it's mm-hmm. so salty. Yep, yep, so yep, yep. the ocean, too salty. Yeah, ocean. <laughs> yeah. Get your shit together, yeah, man. Yeah, say give some salt to the rest of us. A little right? pepper in the ocean would be nice. Mm-hmm. Mix it up for once. Yes. Oh, this is solid gold. We should be right. Re- hey, we're recording it. We don't have to worry. Oh, totally. Um, Wanna, yeah. What's the song, though, about me, too? You got 10 seconds. Oh, yeah, that song that I wrote. Uh, do you have a ukulele? <laughs> It's in my other pants. Ukulele on hand. (laughs) Why would I have a ukulele? You smashed five and five. Um, Would you like the closing anthem? Hit it. (laughs) Can you sing the song without the ukulele? Could you do us that kind favor? No. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on. (laughs) It's been great having you over. Uh, If people liked what they heard, where can they find you on the social meds? Where should they, what should they like, subscribe, comment, follow? Um, Instagram, Genevieve in flight. Excellent. I'm always on the go. Anyone, anyone, any want in your heart to help people spell how to spell Genevieve? 
Oh. Slam dunk on that oh, question. Man. Okay. G E N E V I E V E. There it is. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Let's get off this mic and into the photo studio. Bye. Bye. Morpheus is fighting Neo. Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am and can only be your host, Jesse Kester. And today I'm joined by the one, the only, the illustrious Vixen Deville. Yeah, welcome back. Hello. Returning champion. Oh my god, I'm back. Look at this. How have you been? We've missed you. Amazing. Well, duh. I, uh, like you could be anything else. <laughs> I am amazing. Last time I wrote the question on the thingy of um, what would you do if you didn't think you'd fail or if you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, we've pulled that a couple yeah. of times. And then and we were saying, I said, oh, if I. Take, if I, I would take my show on tour. And so this whole year has been like a year of risk. And so the show obviously happened last year. Yes, yes. Then, when we interviewed you, you were yeah, just gearing up for the launch of it. it. How's it been going? So I took it to Tucson Fringe Festival. Well, mm-hmm. at Hollywood Fringe, I got extended and I won like a bunch of awards. And then, Do you ever get sick of sellout shows? No, I fucking love it. And now okay. it's like, I can't. Now I'm scared to take the show anyway because I'm like, if it's not sold out, it'll be a failure. <laughs> you know what I love about the show is the stuff isn't happening in real time, but the audience still goes like, <gasps> yeah, oh. right. What, throughout the whole thing, there are perpetual gasps of That's disbelief. So funny. What's funny is that when I did it at Hollywood Fringe, that was my anniversary of the having the surgery done. It was my surgery-versary. Oh, yes. And then when I did it uh, over January, that was the anniversary of the actual injury happening. So both times has been a bit like, oh, it's exactly two years, exactly whatever since the Are you retiring the show or is it going to live on? No. So I did it at Tucson and then I did it at Whitefire Solo Fest. Um, Whitefire are going to ask me to come back because they loved it so much the first time around. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely coming back to Whitefire in Los Angeles. Uh, It got accepted to San Diego Fringe Festival. Um, I'm trying to find a venue for Boulder Fringe Festival because they accepted Mm -hmm. me, but we're looking at venues. Um, And then up there, uh, Indianapolis Fringe Festival. And then there's a couple of those that awesome, I'm still waiting awesome. to hear back from. Are you ever going to retire it and build another solo I'm show gonna... or is it going to? You know, I'm so, I'm so uh, like headstrong going to have to do it this year because I feel like there's going to be a time when I can't still do it because mm-hmm. I feel like the story might lose its longevity is that the right word like or you might just want to tell a new one I might like want to tell might... a new one like I feel like I want to add more to it like the bit where I talk about the Instagram posts and stuff I'm sure other things have happened to me that I'm like I want to put that in now because yeah, just yeah. said this stupid comment to me um I wonder if the story will still be valid after a certain amount of time but um I love performing it I love the response I'm getting from it it's having the exact response I wanted to have for people like when people come up to me and talk to me they go oh my god that was so like that inspired me or it just it made me feel this it made me feel that like I oh wow and someone said oh wow you did burlesque with a purpose I was like yeah I know um (laughs) that was the dream um so it's not I've done work before I've done acts before where people have liked it but kind of for the wrong reasons or not for what I intended it to Mm -hmm. be and so this show has been a hundred percent what I intended it to be. So, and I yeah. love I love seeing the crowds that come out to it. Like you've got such a mix of ages yeah. of every demographic. There will be somebody represented in your audience. It's a yeah. very, uh, very diverse. It really is audience. It's really cool. It's to difficult because I go, "What's your target audience?" You know, when I'm sort of trying to take it to venues, and I'm like, I have, I have to sort of decide at the yeah. time, like you know. Um, but it really, the, the target audience, when you take a cross section of the audience, it's like, it's, yeah, like yes. you say, 
Really, yeah, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to jump into the bowl. <gasps> jump into the bowl. Yes. And we're going to do five and five. It's speed rounds. Dun, dun, dun. And we're, you're going to kill it. You get the first pull, okay? Okay. And you'll know the beeps because they go like this. You can go. You can get started. Oh, I can get it. I can get it. All right. Beep. Oh, da, da. Talk about something you've worn and how it made you feel. <laughs> I wa- First of all, you are the best dressed guest we've ever had. Oh my gosh. You're, um, the, you're the BDG, the best dressed guest. Best dressed guest. A BDG. Yo, yo. Uh, yeah. Corsets in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love how they give you posture. They, they suck you in. They, fe- they You feel like you don't have to hold yourself a certain way because it's holding you for mm-hmm. you. And I, I saw this thing on today on Facebook, like Corset Story, we're doing a promotion. And someone was like, oh, here's a link to Wikipedia about how corsets are bad for you and how we should ban costume and outfits. That No, if you're forced to wear a costume because that's what society was saying, I get it. But like... I just think people have got, like, corsets have got such a bad rap in terms of, oh, they're in health. Well, don't tie them as tight then. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just think they feel, they make you feel so um, tall and powerful and confident and sexy and ah. Vixen DeVille, a woman of opinions on corsets. <laughs> what is the thing you miss most about high school? I have to answer that one? You yes, you do. Oh. I could. Not, uh, my friends. I miss my friends. That's the <sighs> end. School. I miss, <laughs> God, what did I miss about high school? But yeah, First I, love. Did you have your first love in high school? No. Second love. Did you have your second love I in high miss, school? I uh, miss the fact I didn't have to pay taxes. Oh, yeah. You forget about that, don't you? <laughs> there you go. It's so nice. <laughs> or health insurance or really anything, anything at all, really. I miss not being an adult. I'm, not, I'm really not an adult now, but yeah, I guess... I'm, yeah, that's it, really. No friends? Nobody that you, like, you... I, the ones I liked, I'm still friends with. Oh, okay, so you can so. still, you got access to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm not a big yeah, fan of high school. Not really. <laughs> Yay, the beep's happening. Pick a miracle. Should I pick the pink one? Yes. Pink is my How favorite How do you color. deal with jealousy? Oh. Does jealousy affect you? Does that... It does sometimes, Yeah. Vicious monster, leave its venom in your heart. And I I have to be so aware of it. Like when it happens, I'm like, just, you need to analyze why you're feeling jealous right now. Are you more likely to get romantically jealous or professionally jealous? Or some other third kind of jealous? And it's been very much like out of nowhere. And I think I pride myself on being like a good person and not being stupidly jealous because I'm good at what I do and I have self-confidence and, but it just will hit you. Like you didn't realize like you go, Oh wow, I'm jealous of that person. I still have to go, well, why? And I have to really like, the way I deal with it is by analyzing it and going, well, hang on, this is why. And, and like, I have make logic, mm-hmm. logic out of it, I guess is. Yeah. When was the last time you were jealous? Oh God. Too late. Oh, <laughs> why? 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 Because it's fun. Why, Vixen Deville? Why? God damn it, why? Do it because it's fun. And because no one else is. Well, yeah, I think that's even bigger. Like, only you can do what only you can do. Yeah. It's like, why? Someone said, like, I've I've rhinestoned my entire, like, I've got a pair of black shoes. I've rhinestoned the whole thing. Rather than do a Mm -hmm. little pattern, I just 
I'm gonna rhinestone the whole thing. You just Why? loaded loaded the buckshot into the gun. <laughs> I want to see how much. How many rhinestones? <laughs> Why? Because I can. It's like I think so many things through history. People have gone like, I wonder what would happen if I build a bridge from this edge to that edge just to build the bridge. Like, and I think a lot of art is just, I wonder what would happen if I did do this mm-hmm. thing. And it's just well, because I had curiosity and. I, what are you cooking up next? Oh wait, I've already seen You've pictures seen of what pictures of I've okay. seen. <laughs> what you're cooking up next, and I'm not gonna. We're not gonna spoil it here. Dun dun dun! Ladies and gentlemen, keep your eyes on Vixen Deville. <laughs> Yours is it's your poll, is it not? Oh, is it? Oh, it's my, yes. oh I ran out so many times. Um, oh, what would you do? Oh, it's Darling Alley Cat. What would you do for $65? I've been wondering for <laughs> months now what you would do for $65. What would I do for $65? What wouldn't I do for $65? <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I mean, I would, I would, I've got what I wouldn't do. What would I do for $65? I would. I got $65 in my wallet right yeah. now. How are you getting it from me? What do you want? I'd say, what would you want first? And then I'd negotiate from there. I, well, here's the thing is all I want is, all I want is your company. And, and that, I'd hang like, out I, with, okay, if you want my company, I'd hang out with you for like an hour and a half for $65. Okay. There you go. That's not bad. That's how much time of my time you get of just chatting. <laughs> so wait, if we do the math, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like 65 bucks up. You've been here an hour and a half now. Yeah, you've been doing pictures and stuff. So. But I, yeah, I've still been listening to you talk. That's true. Uh, you killed five and five, and I'm five gonna and play. Five. I'm gonna play the anthem for your victory. Oh. All right, Vixen Deville. <laughs> if people liked what they heard, where can they find you? They can find me at vixendeville.com, V-I-X-E-N-D-E-V-I-L-L-E.com, or on Instagram, Vixen Cat Vixen Cat with a C. How many cats are in there? Two Just cats or vixen, one? Vixen Cat Vixen. Cat with a C. Okay. Yeah. Vixen, cat, vixen, period. Cat is spelled with a C, period. No, I'm just saying the cat is spelled with a C. So the yes, whole thing. Yes, but there were two sentences in there. They were two separate sentences. The last thing. We're going to sign off. It's a cat sandwich. Um, For $65. Yes. Would you sign off in that smashing Geordie accent that you do so oh, well? Oh, mate. <laughs> to that my acting class last week. They all died. Um... We here, man, I think we've got to go now. We've got to go and take some pictures because I'm all dressed up and nobody good, like, you know what I mean? Bye!